Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, James and Anthony. This episode will be the 2022 Mid-Year Movie Awards. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. It's a big episode. We're halfway through the year. And it's been James, a great year. Yeah, James and I wanted to do a, uh, an awards show for the midseason awards because oftentimes movies that come out early in the year, they kind of get forgotten by the Oscar voters. So we want to give them some love. Yeah, and so we're cutting this off right before the movie Nope comes out. So we're filming this before the release of Nope. So basically, July 19th is when we're filming it up until then. And also, we have not seen every single new release this year. We've seen quite a few, but just want to preface that this is before Nope was released, and we haven't seen everything, but this should be a lot of fun. I think that we have some uh, great choices. So we're basically doing all the main categories that the Oscars do, as well as some fun ones, like we're going to do Best Horror Movie, Best comic book movie, uh, best animated film, all sorts of things. Best TV show. So we're giving you our personal awards. We're not saying this is the best. This is just our favorite picks for each category. We also have some different picks per category, but a lot of the same ones. So y'all, we're going to have a little disagreement here and there, but that's all in good fun. Uh, Want to get into it? Yeah, well, we're going to open up with a few jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got jokes. These are just jokes that we just wrote a half hour ago. But again, don't take these too seriously. 2022 has given us one of the biggest box office booms in history after every industry was virtually shut down in 2020. Not only did Morbius make a mo-billion dollars, but Top Gun Maverick recently surpassed $1.2 billion at the global box office. Recently, on July 18th, Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group co-presidents Sanford Panich and Josh Greenstein told the world that Sony deserves credit for Top Gun's performance, stating that Venom 2 paved the way for its success. No, guys, Top Gun made a billion because of Tom fucking Cruise making a sick-ass movie. Meanwhile, you guys are turning Craven the Hunter into a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Did they really say that? Yeah, they came out yesterday oh saying God. that. Nobody, nobody cared about Venom. <laughs> made 500 mil. Yeah, but that's not a bill. Wow, that's funny. (laughs) Okay, here we go. This year, we saw a lot of actors taking over the jobs held by previous actors. Chris Evans replaced Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear. Tom Holland replaced Mark Wahlberg as Nathan Drake. And Natalie Portman replaced Chris Hemsworth as Thor. However, my favorite example was Sam Neill replacing a desk lamp in Jurassic World Dominion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we haven't I haven't heard of these jokes yet <laughs> Sony also released Uncharted which starred Tom Holland as Peter Parker and an uninterested Mark Wahlberg playing himself <laughs> the horror genre also got some great original films like X The Black Phone Crimes of the Future and Fresh as well as the 57th installment of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre an unnecessary remake of Firestarter and Alex Garland's Meh, n, meh, meh. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. (laughs) The Boys has become one of the most popular television series in streaming, proving that the one thing the superhero genre needed was more superheroes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love the show. 
<laughs> Universal released the fifth installment of the Jason Bourne franchise with Jurassic World Dominion to mixed reviews <laughs> and a $900 million global box office, proving to the world that they can literally do whatever they want and people will still show up because dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a Bourne movie with dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, those are all my jokes. You got any more? Yeah, I got plenty. Nice. I only wrote two. Don't worry, I got this. 2022 also revealed that people will pay, will still pay top dollar to see dudes stick things up their butts as Jackass Forever grossed a whopping $80 million globally on a budget of $10 million. Not bad. Not bad. Universal and Paramount defeated Disney in the animated film battle as Minions The Rise of Gru and Sonic 2 dominated Lightyear at the box office this year. When asked for what they think happened, Disney responded with, can I borrow 20 bucks? (laughs) (laughs) The Daniels' incredible film, Everything Everywhere All at Once, is an awards season favorite right now. But controversy arose recently when when it was revealed that the Daniels had taken a massive stake in an Everything Bagel seasoning stock. Their film sent the stock to the moon, and both are now under investigation by the Bagel Association of America. <laughs> you hodling that one? I'm hodling that that everything bagel seasoning. <laughs> That's a joke, everybody. <laughs> All right. Those are pretty cringe, probably. Um, not bad. I think you did great. We did that literally in 30 minutes. Yeah, I wrote those in five minutes. So, <laughs> All right, let's get to the mid-year. Actually, before we continue to the awards, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast, besides using our coupon codes, is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast, where you get awesome perks like personalized videos, Patreon shouts on the show, bonus episodes that every week every single patron has access to as well as our $10, $25 and $100 tier patrons have access to our Discord where we chat interact with you every day. We have our watch parties on there as well. $25 and $100 tier patrons also get their own custom personalized episode. You pick the topic, we do an episode for you. $100 tier patrons are also executive producers on the show, which is pretty cool. You get your name shouted at the end of every main episode. We also launched our podcast masterclass online course last year so for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast our 22 chapter 46 video lesson course will give you all the secrets behind the scenes of the show the link is podcast masterclass.teachable.com or it's just on our homepage of our website raiders of the lost podcast.com go there to see everything thanks so much for tuning in around the world follow subscribe wherever you're listening and watching leave the five-star reviews thank you so much they help so much now, let's get into this year's 2022 Mid-Year Movie Awards. Let's start with a, a big one. I think uh, leading in with something great will be a great way to start the show. So we're going to start off with the best comic book movie of the year. And we have some some nominees. The Batman, Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, and Morbius. I mean... This is a great list, obviously. Yeah. Morbius, what a what a sensation this film was. I, I love this. I love this category because there's only been four uh, movies in superhero genre, and so Morbius has to get nominated. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? There's only been four. Only four. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty shocking. So the next one that's coming out is Super Pets, but it's not out yet. Uh, DC's Super Pets, anyways. Yeah. I mean, all these movies were solid. I mean, obviously Morbius. It's. it's I don't know how it's not going to win. The actual winner is. The Batman. the Batman. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Y'all knew this one was The coming. Batman was awesome. Matt Reeves totally gave us a new interpretation of the character cinematically, a little bit of a reinvention, uh, more contemporary version, but also staying true to the comic roots as well yeah. versus the uh, realism that Chris Nolan brought. 
Um, I, I love the Batman. It's in my top three of the year right now. I think it's my second favorite movie of the year so far. Nice. And just, I loved every minute of every second of it. It's gorgeous cinematography and production design. But mm-hmm. Pattinson, Pattinson was awesome as the latest. The Batman, can't wait for the sequel. Man, we all know you saw this. We did we did like three episodes on this. Yeah, we it was, did it three was just episodes. a blast yeah. seeing it, and I loved seeing it twice in theaters. It was so fun. We did two previews and a review. <laughs> Those are bangers. <laughs> the review was sick, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be the best comic book movie of the year. I don't think anything can top it over the next couple of years, actually. I think it's really fantastic, and I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll not get nominated for Best Picture, obviously, at the Oscars, but I think, you know, it could get stuff like production design. Cinematography. Cinematography, for sure. Music. Greg Fraser was yeah. awesome. I think it could pull out a few Michael Giacchino killed it with the score as well. Killed it. Killed it. Unlike Batman, who doesn't kill it. I mean, he killed a couple people in this movie, didn't he? Did he? No, he did not. Not in this one. I feel like he probably. Oh yeah, he saved like ben everyone killed was, Ben Affleck. Ben killed, killed people. He killed a bunch of the guys dudes. on the on the. He just th- scaffolding. He was, he, they were they were roped up. He was bashing skulls onto walls. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked it a lot. I like that Batman. I, he doesn't kill. It's like Batman I don't kill. care. Hey, I mean Michael Keaton killed people in the first one. I'm sure Christian Bale killed a couple of people. Oh yeah, totally. Moving on to the next category, we have best editing. The nominees are. Everything Everywhere All at Once, Top Gun Maverick, The Batman, X, and The Northman. Some excellent films here. We had some great editing this yeah, year. Yeah, great editing. Um, I think The Northman was also just a, a sensational film, but you know, when you make an epic, I think it's tough editing the sequences together, especially this person on a long journey. Top Gun Maverick, over 800 hours of footage. Of flying, edited keeping into a us, movie. Just keeping us involved in the scene and understanding where everyone was in the sky, what was going on. That was a challenge. The Batman, yeah. again, great editing, great production all around. X, also, editing is very important for horror films. Mm-hmm. Keeping the tone, the, the crocodile. Oh, yeah. That was like, that made the movie. <laughs> that was, was the cut. One of the best shots. Yeah, incredible great cut. cut. However, there can only be one winner. And we're going to give it to Paul Rogers for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This was a great, great original science fiction film from the Daniels. The editing was integral to telling the story with the interdimensional multi multiverse traveling for the characters. And they really nailed it. Lots of interesting cuts and sequences. And it just looked phenomenal. And, and without this great editing, it wouldn't be the same movie. And especially during the climax in the third act. like We have a lot of montages going on and a lot of different dimensions being depicted together in a sequence and they did a fantastic job paul rogers well-deserved uh, award we, what are we call this rate raiders a raider you, you, you want a raider, a raider. <laughs> <laughs> you want a raider or it should be a golden idol for raiders of the lost ark golden idol yeah, yeah i like that nice yeah that's what it's golden idol yeah i think so yeah namesake of the show i hope i got it right next up we have best actress category a lot of great actresses pulled out some amazing performances seared and we have michelle Yu. For everything, everywhere, all at once. Dakota Johnson for Cha Cha Real Smooth. Zoe Kravitz for Kimmy. Stephanie Shu for everything, everywhere, all at once as well. And Kristen Stewart in Crimes of the Future. Really terrific work by all of these amazing actresses. And the award for Best Actress goes to Michelle Yeoh. Congratulations, Michelle. Congrats. Congrats. She is so sensational in this film. And you know, we, in our episode of the of this movie, if you listened to it or watched it. We talked about how the Daniels were originally had the idea of making this film for Jackie Chan to star in, or a male actor, and they got the idea of having a female actress playing the lead character of the of the role for the film, 
and having a, a marriage situation with with that with a wife. And I think it just worked out so well. Michelle Yeoh, so talented. She does all of her own stunts. She is a great stunt actress as well. She worked with Jackie Chan in, in China for tons of his action movies as well. And so she's incredible. Awesome action sequences and fight scenes and choreography. And she she nailed it. She nailed the emotionality, everything. She was sensational in this film. And I think she's a front runner for Best Actress at the Oscars as well. She acted her ass off. Acted her Big ass. time. <laughs> she's also, I think she's the front runner for the Oscar. I don't see anyone taking her spot. I think she's a shoe in for all of the awards this year. She's really, she really pulled the movie together with her performance. Next up, we have Best Actor. Ooh. The nominees are Alexander Skarsgård for The Northman. Austin Butler for Elvis, Kihi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Ben Foster for The Survivor, and Rory Kinnear for Men. Lots of great performances here. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ben Foster is such an underrated actor. Kihi Kwan, we hadn't seen him really in a movie since uh, Temple of Doom, right? Or Goonies was after that? I'm not sure which one was. So a long time ago. So to see him, to see him. Back on the big screen, and his acting chops are still stellar. And he was excellent in this movie. Rory Kinnear was awesome as men playing so many different. He was excellent in the movie. So many different his types of characters. Was great. That was probably an actor's like dream, dream role. Yeah, dream so job. many different things to do. Yeah. And then Alexander Skarsgård is the giant Viking in the Northmen. We are giving this to Austin Butler in Elvis, who was sensational as the title character as Elvis Presley. Really embodied the persona of him. The physical movements, the performances on stage, the, the the exuding the personality of Elvis. It was just really, really incredible. I could have watched the guy on screen for like five hours as Elvis. He was so good. Yeah, I think he's a front runner for the Oscar. And I felt like I watched I felt like I was watching Elvis on screen. That's how believable his performance was. He also did all of his own singing. Uh, it's it's incredible. Go ahead and check out behind the scenes footage of him singing. It's remarkable how this guy just completely imitated Elvis's actual singing voice. Uh, I I felt like Austin Butler really is the the greatest depiction of Elvis on screen we've ever seen, TV and film. So we got to give it to Austin. Great job. Congratulations on your golden, golden idol. idol. Here you go, Austin. I'm sure it's more Austin's presti- more studio. prestigious than the Academy Austin, Award. Austin, we didn't set up his camera. So uh, he's here, though. <laughs> he's right he's here. phoning in. He's texting in. <laughs> Our next category is a fun one. Best Horror Movie of 2022 so we have some we have a great start to the year for horror so far we have for our nominees x crimes of the future fresh watcher and the black phone so a great list of horror films so far this year Uh, and james and i actually have different picks for our award this year i pick x by ty west i thought it was just a great old school thriller it was filmed with awesome filming techniques, and I love the cast. It's all like the the archetypes you see in a horror movie that I just felt like I was watching a movie from 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And I felt I love the transportive, transportative feel it had. And it's just a great, flat-out, scary, gory, sexy thriller. That's yeah. what I want sometimes. You all know how much I love Ty West. I always try to talk about him. And great independent horror filmmaker, like The House of the Devil is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. And it's cool to see him get like a, a solid box office on one of his films because he's such a great director. And like Anthony said, that's why X is so great. The old school techniques, the the high quality campiness that he puts in his horror mm. films is so great and so fun. This movie was excellent, really scary, 
also very funny. And some of the one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen on screen before in the theater. I was cringing. Yeah. However, my favorite horror film of the year was The Black Phone, which was a Blumhouse production directed by Scott Derrickson. I thought this was so unique and original, combining horror with supernatural in such an interesting way in that basement with the black phone of these lost souls of these murdered boys. And Ethan Hawke as this horrific grabber, kidnapper, murderer. Really interesting, terrifying. I jumped out of my clothes twice in the theaters. But I just Huey lo- style. I love, yeah, Huey style and the boys. <laughs> I thought it was excellent. I loved every second of it. And I think it was the best horror film of the year so far. Congrats, guys. On your golden Congrats. idols. <laughs> <laughs> Next up for the categories, we have best animated film. The nominees are Turning Red, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, The Sea Beast, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and Lightyear. Now, pretty solid year for animated films. Personally, I think that there was just really one standout for me, (laughs) which I'm giving my golden idol to Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which I think was so damn funny. I was laughing the loudest in the theater. I felt bad. All these kids are probably trying to watch this movie, and I'm just... No, they're trying to go on their phones. (laughs) (laughs) But I had so much fun seeing this. IMAX, obviously. And I, I thought Sonic was so fun. <laughs> Some of the funniest scenes ever, like the scene when uh, he he catches the robotic Sonic, like that he's impersonating him. Oh, in yeah, the yeah, yeah, it was so yeah, funny. Yeah. I was just cracking up. The it's fart all, joke was Yeah, great. the fart joke. It was very nostalgic and silly because we grew up playing Sega, playing Sonic on Sega with our Sega. brothers. So I love Sonic so much, and I thought it was just a really good time. I liked, it a, I liked it a lot more than the first one, too. I liked it a lot, too. I, I liked the first one better, and I did not pick Sonic for my best animated film. I picked Turning Red. Uh, directed by Dumi Shi. I think it was a really beautiful story. Uh, coming of age, uh, terrific animation, a great concept. And it felt like it felt like it was something that you... It felt like a famous children's book. It seemed to suit that. Like It feels like something that you would read to your kid uh, for a bedtime story uh, put on film. And I thought it was really wonderful. Great themes, uh, a great cast, and I had a lot of fun watching it. I think it's the best one so far this year. Would you read me a bedtime story? No. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> but also, I would say, Lightyear, man, we only nominated it because there, there, there weren't that many. <laughs> Let's make a Lightyear movie, but not call it Buzz Lightyear. I mean, it's Pixar. Great, great job. I wonder why it bombed. It did. It didn't. It was, I don't, How do you I, not put Buzz in the title? I think it lost money. Yeah. It, although it had a $240 million global gross, it was like a $200 million movie yeah. in marketing and splitting with lot. theaters. Yeah. And so that was an, an unsuccessful film. Yeah. From a surprisingly unsuccessful They made a Buzz Lightyear origin story for adults and th- and are surprised kids didn't go out to see it. Oh, oh we also forgot to nominate Minions Ri- The Rise of Gru. Sorry, boys. Yeah, the boys that should be very nominated. disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Nominate. It's a new nomination. Minions The Rise of Gru. Sorry, yeah. fellas. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have the category of Best Cinematography. Lots of great... Stunning work done this year. This is like one of the toughest years I've seen so far. So far. It's it's only halfway halfway through. It's crazy. Yeah. So we have The Batman, Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Death on the Nile, and The Northman. Amazing, stunning movies. Death on the Nile was shot with large format 65 millimeter film uh, at Top Gun. Being able to use these high resolution cameras and putting you in the cockpit and feeling like you're flying. Incredible. Greg Frazier, The Batman, we already talked about. The Northman, excellent, and Everything Everywhere All at Once just 
visually stunning. So a lot of great picks. Jim, what was your selection this year? It was so hard to pick from these because, like, I wanted to give it to Top Gun because of what they were able to capture. You know, footage that really had never been put in a movie before, like 6K IMAX resolution f- digital footage inside cockpits flying several hundred thousand miles per hour, hun- several hundred miles per hour. is incredible. Never seen anything like it. Mounting it on the wings of the cameras and everything, the bodies of the, I mean, the bodies of the jets. However, however, I think Greg Fraser, what he did with the Batman was stellar and so artistic. And this movie was clearly very well planned from a storyboard perspective and production design perspective. The lighting is sensational in this movie. Every shot is so artistic and well lit and well framed and looks like a piece of art. And I think that Greg Fraser is currently probably maybe in his prime and, and one of the best working cinematographers in Hollywood today. We're so lucky to have someone like him. He's so incredible. He's like the new Deacons. In, but, man, he, he nailed it. And what he did with the Batman, I, I'd never seen a superhero movie look like that before. Excellent point. However, I have a different pick for best cinematography. I pick The Northman. Uh, the DP was Jaron Blaschke. Amazing, beautiful, stunning film. Lots of great long takes. Uh, the the color palette, uh, that finale with on the volcano. And th- there were so many great sequences, uh, stunning visuals. Um, he did a great job depicting nighttime sequences uh, while still, in, still allowing us to see a lot of what the image on screen. Uh, they used a lot of day for light sequences, and they made it look beautiful. Uh, I think that it was, so far, the most visually impressive film of the year. So I give that award to Jaron. Congrats. Here's your golden idol. Golden idol. Congratulations. He's trying to phone it. He, he can't reach us. He's got bad oh, black connection black. problem. <laughs> Again, so weird. Zoom, man. <clears throat> Moving on to best production design. Still, again, another great year we have for nominees. The Batman, obviously. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Another great production from Warner Brothers. The Northman, Elvis, and Marcel, The Shell with Shoes On, which I really recommend seeing this movie and even though it's about this little shell, the production design was awesome. And that's nominated because it might not look like it, but most of that movie was actually shot in a, like a small soundstage on a little table. Yeah. And very, they just built these yeah, little sets. Lots of great complex really and complicated uh, yeah. little stop motion stuff. But it looked great. It looks so good. Now, this is so far a great year for this category. My selection for the winner of Best Production Design is The Batman. Kind of a lot of the similar reasons for... The cinematography. Never seen a superhero film look like this. The sets were huge. A lot of them were practical and a lot of them were real. Set design, wardrobe, everything involved with this film looked terrific. It looked great. I, I lo- just love the new, even just one set, the the new Batcave was so interesting. I thought they really just thought outside the box of a new interpretation of the character, what the sets would look like. The Riddler's apartment was so creepy and eerie. Obviously, this film got a ton of inspiration from past horror films in past movies, but I think they just nailed it. They nailed the aesthetic of Seven and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and all these great movies to to create a great comic book movie. Yeah, it feels a lot like uh, Zodiac visually, yeah, too. too yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I also disagree with James on this one as well. My Best Production Design Award is going to Craig Lathrop from The Northman. I think it was, again, um, unbelievable production, uh, the accurate historical uh, set pieces, I'm giving this award mainly because of this long take sequence. It's like a seven-minute attack on a village that is really incredible. Uh, 
they built sets that felt like they were really in this era and in this time. Also, that the Kingdom set, really beautiful. Just incredible world building. And it doesn't have that big of a budget. It's $65 million budget. So they were kind of strapped for cash for making these this huge scale production. And uh, also the finale being they didn't shoot on a volcano. It was, it was a set, but it felt real. I think they just really did a stunning job. That pirate, that, that like ghost ship sequence underground, really terrific. Uh, and the village, I think just it was really beautiful. Unexpected to the way it looked. So I think that Craig Lathrop deserves the uh, golden idol for this one. Congratulations, James Chinlund did the Batman production. Design. James what? Chinlund. Chinlund. Here, James. James and Craig, great job. Excellent, job, excellent work all around. Our next category is best visual effects of the year. Lots of impressive feats of visual visual effects, CGI, animation, all sorts of things in this epic filmmaking. Our nominees this year are Jurassic World Dominion, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, Elvis, The Batman, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, and Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. What do you think about the uh, nominees? Awesome year so far, visual effects. I mean, the blender practical and visual with a lot of these films is terrific, and big budget stuff. I mean, Jurassic World, those dinosaurs look pretty damn real. Fantastic Beasts, obviously. I mean, Warner Brothers, and they're, this is their, what, eighth or, or the ninth Harry Potter 64th. film? 64th. They have just figured out the aesthetic and the look, and you know they have so much practice with this world and the types of uh, magic that's used, and also each film we get new types of magic and new types of wand work and, and all sorts of effects. So I think that they're constantly evolving their their effects with their magic and stuff, which is really cool, which you saw that a lot in Fantastic Beasts. Elvis, what Boz did with his production and, and the, the blending of interesting effects with what's going on in Elvis's mind and stuff like that. I mean, everything looked really, really great, plus everything everywhere all at once, which which a pretty small budget, $30 million, right? Yeah. $25 million. $35 their, million, Those yeah. effects looked great as well. The Batman, I think the most impressive effect was the, the rushing water uh, overtaking the city. Yeah. That looked really stunning. It looked real. Water's always very difficult to do. Uh, visually, uh, Doctor Strange, I think, it was the best-looking Marvel film effects-wise. Except after the first act, it was a little. It looked like it was rushed CGI, not the artist's fault. Um, but it looked like reshoots. But then after that, at thirty minutes into the movie, the CGI looked fantastic, especially during that epic finale, a third act of extremely heavy CGI. Very, very believable. It looked great. Uh, so, but we do have to pick a winner. We mm-hmm. have to pick one. We do, and we select Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, and the effects supervisor on this project was Christian Mance. So congratulations, Christian. And your team. Yeah. So the thing about this movie is there's a lot of effects work in it. There's so much animation, but it all looked incredibly real, believable. Um, it's unlike the other movies. There are moments where it kind of takes you out of it. But I think that from start to finish, it was just seamless, uh, really stunning, still has great artistry involved in it. And uh, the second half of the movie actually takes place in a, a heavy CGI environment. Uh so I think they did an excellent job uh, bringing us back to the castle, seeing these old spells. Uh, I think they did a wonderful job, especially with the the intense effects-heavy conclusion of the film. Nailed it. Moving on to our intermission. How's that sound to you? Let's do it. This episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Manscaped 
Com, the leaders in men's grooming join the over 2 million men worldwide who are trusting them with their grooming products. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout from manscaped.com and you'll receive 20% off your entire order and free shipping worldwide. I highly recommend getting your hands on their new boxer briefs. 2.0, they just launched and they are beyond comfortable. They're so soft and luxurious and your jewels will feel so well protected and supported in them because they got a little extra space down there for you. I highly recommend getting on their website to get a couple pairs of them. They sent us each two pairs and they are incredible. Manscaped also recently launched their Platinum 4.0 collection, which is their best deal yet. It includes the following products. Their lawnmower. 4.0 trimmer, which is a rocket ship for your grooming needs. It is waterproof, wireless charger, built-in light, skin safe, 7,000 RPM motor. You can use this thing in the shower. You can also just buy it separately if you want. You don't have to get it in just the package. But the package comes with that. The collection also includes a weed whacker, air and nose trimmer, body wash, 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, deodorants, anti-chafing ball deodorants, ball spray toner, boxers and a shed travel bag be sure to go to manscaped.com right now get your boxer briefs get your lawnmower 4.0 trimmer get everything deodorant use our coupon code raiders of the lost at checkout and you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping worldwide our episode is also sponsored by movieposters.com the number one place to get your posters online today Head on over to their website and use our special promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. They have a gigantic selection at MoviePosters.com of pretty much every movie and TV imaginable. They have a gigantic arsenal, including all sorts of sizes, framing, and even backlighting. So whatever your poster needs are, they got you covered. Again, in order to deck out your place with a bunch of movie posters, head on over to MoviePosters.com. And use our coupon code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. All right, let's get into this intermission. Let's get into it. Start with the movie quote competition. You ready? Ready. Every time the pain. Already <laughs> blew. Going great, man. Every time the plane banked too sharply on takeoff or landing, I prayed for, for a, a crash, crash or a mid air collision. Can I continue the quote? Anything. Life insurance pays off triple if you die on a business trip. Fight Club. Yeah, you nailed it. Thanks, man. Good job. You did a great job saying it. (laughs) Sounds sarcastic. I messed up. Here's my quote. This isn't a completely dead eye. It still works a bit. The problem is, the only thing I can see with it is Joey Cusack. (laughs) (laughs) And it can see right through him, right through your husband, Eddie. I see what's inside him, what makes him tick. He's still the same guy. Oh, man, it sounds so familiar. Um, I thought you got it when you uh, when you giggled. I thought you realized what it was. This is a funny joke. Uh, Say it again. <clears throat> this isn't a completely dead eye. It still works a bit. The problem is the only thing I can see with it is Joey Cusack, and it can. Joey Cusack. What? What, what is this from? That from? Joey Cusack. Hold on. Start. Say it one more time. <laughs> Say it one more time. I'll get it. This isn't a completely dead eye. It still works a bit. The problem is. The only thing I can see with it is Joey Cusack, and it can see right through him, right through your husband, Edie. I see what's inside him, what makes him tick. What is this? He's still the same guy. Oh, my God. Joey Cusack. <laughs> it's, all right. 
<laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. It's a history of violence. Yep. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Let's go. I saw it click like a light bulb on your face. <laughs> Joey Cusack. Yeah. Ed Harris. With he's got a, a messed up eye. Freaking love that movie. Great movie. Great movie. Good job. Whew. I would have been so disappointed if I didn't get that. You probably would have slammed your table if you if you would have thrown my cup somewhere. <laughs> All right, guess this movie release year. The Illusionist. Good one. The Illusionist came out. I'm gonna say 2007, 2006. Darn it! Darn Same it! Same year as Prestige, right? Prestige yeah. was yeah, yeah, was right so... after Batman Begins. Yeah. Okay, I guess this movie release year. The Fly. Nineteen? Is this an eighties movie? Yeah, nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty-six. Correct. Oh yeah, two for two. Let's go. Two for two. Let's looking go. Looking good. Looking good. Hopefully, I don't blow it. Movie pop quiz time. What movie did Edward Norton and Donald Sutherland appear in together? What? Norton and Sutherland? <laughs> oh, man. Um, a little seven seven degrees of Kevin Bacon there because Don Sutherland and Jeff Goldblum are also in, in um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sutherland. Jeff Goldblum's in The Fly. Sutherland and, wait, who'd you say? Edward Norton. Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Oh, man. Hold on, give me a second. Sutherland and Norton. Um... Um, I don't know. Do you want a hint? Sure. It's a remake. It's a remake. <laughs> Shit, that didn't help. It's it's a heist it's movie. It's a heist. Oh, it's it's the Italian job. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> too many hints. That that gave it away. It was too easy after that. Good good question. Thanks, man. That was a great question. My theme today was Edward Norton. Nice. My theme was Cronenberg. Nice. <laughs> How many Cronenberg movies has Viggo Mortensen starred in? So Six. Give me the number first and then guess the movies. Six. Incorrect. Four. Correct. Can you guess the movies? Um, Eastern Promises, History of Violence, uh, Crimes of the Future, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A Dangerous Method, ah. where he played Sigmund Freud. And now uh, Freud. <clears throat> I said Freud. You said Freud. Freud, whatever. <laughs> and then um, <clears throat> Fassbender played Carl Jung. Yeah, I've seen that. He's got a great beard in that. Excellent beard. I wonder if it's real or fake. Moving on. That's real. Oh, yeah, yeah. He can grow a beard. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Vigo's beard was real. Oh, you mean Fassbender's beard? Yeah, Fassbender's was fake. He, he has like, a mustache. He's got like a mustache. All right. <laughs> I've seen it in a while. Moving on to who we got for haters, unsubscribes. What are we? What oh, are we unsubscribes. At? What are we looking at man? Um, we're looking at. You're looking at it right looking, now. I got what I got. What I got. <laughs> this is a good one. In our uh, movie news episode the other day, you guessed ninety four. Wrote James just woke up. Clearly unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> That's it so far. We just filmed yet the other day, so I said them all in that one. Nice. But I wonder if you said something silly or maybe you looked tired. I don't know. That happens pretty often. <laughs> happens almost all the time. Uh, got a five-star review. Let's hear it. 
just some boys from Boston. I popped in from Spotify to leave this review because these guys are worth it. The casual banter, detailed research, research, and amazing selection of episodes. Keep up the great work. Griffin. Thanks, Griffin. J.P. Hatcher. Thanks, pal. We have a Godfather shout out today. Who we got? Tyler McFly. Tyler. You became a Godfather patron. Damn, damn my daughter's wedding. I made you an offer you could. became yes. a Godfather patron. Tyler, you acted like a man. <laughs> it's getting better. <laughs> you can act like a man. <laughs> and uh, Tyler just wrote any Tom Cruise movie for his review. <laughs> for his bonus. Dude, I love it. So any Tom Cruise movie. We'll my guy. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a cool one. I fucking love Tom Maybe Cruise. Maybe like... <laughs> <laughs> Do like Edge of Tomorrow or something. That would be cool. That would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Tyler. All right. Um, on this day in film history, today is July 25th. In 1980, Caddyshack. July. July. I was like, what month is it? In 1980, Caddyshack is released. In 1993, Sleepless in Seattle is released. In 1997, Good Burger, home of the Good, Good Burger, Burger. Can, can I take, take your order? Was released. In 2003, Seabiscuit is released. In 2008, Step Brothers is released. In 2010, Sherlock, the BBC TV series, debuted. Wow, that's a long time ago. That's 12 years old? Damn. Remember how young uh, Benedict was in that? Oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> the tight skin. <laughs> so, tight his, so tight in his face. 2013. Now it's all not tight. It's so loose. <laughs> 2013, Drinking Buddies was released. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. You look great. I'm just, I'm just kidding. And happy birthday to the late Woody Strode and Matt LeBlanc. 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 Yeah, I think LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Uh, my stream recommendation. It's from Boston guy. Yeah, kidding. <laughs> from Newton, right? <laughs> yeah. My stream, all right, my stream recommendation is Jumanji, the original, which is on Hulu. Just got put there in July. I have a Hulu one, too. Nice. What is it? Predator. Dun, 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 dun. Excellent. Dun, 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 dun. One of the best action movies ever. We may be doing an episode on it very soon, if you guys like it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, let's get back into our mid-year awards. Where were we? Oh, we I are see. starting off now with Best Costume Design. The nominees for this category are The Batman. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Northman, Elvis, Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore, and Death on the Nile. And this competition is intense. Great. I think this is the biggest competition so far. It's between this and cinematography, yeah. honestly. The costume yeah. design for all these movies was sensational. I mean, Fantastic Beasts, we've, this is, the, again, the ninth Harry Potter movie. They have just nailed the aesthetic so well. The Northman was incredible. Just kind of just harkening back to like what they could find of artifacts and and what the clothing was actually like for these people. Death on the Nile, beautiful, extravagant, Elvis, yeah, yeah, extravagant. Elvis also extravagant, incredible design. The Batman, obviously, the new suit was it's sensational, but just the, the the grittier look was great. Yeah. However, well, the, I want to talk about sorry. Some things for uh, seeing uh, Austin Butler in the leather outfit and also the pink suit. Like, really remarkable seeing that. I think the design of the bat suit was really terrific. Mm -hmm. uh, the Riddler's costume has become yeah. already become a fan favorite. People are dressing up like him all over the place, just become a beloved look for a character. Death of the Nile was really extravagant. Uh, and then, yeah, everything ever, ever all at once had such an eclectic look for uh, Joyce's character. So many great costumes in that movie. So it's an intense competition for this one. And the winner for best costume design goes to... Shirley Karata for everything, everywhere, all at once. And 
her and her team did an incredible job with the wardrobe in this film, especially with Jobu Tupaka, Tupaki, who had so many different looks and aesthetics. I'm sure, Steph, I'm sure Stephanie Shu had so much fun acting in this film because every scene she's in all sorts of crazy and interesting and intricate and fantastic outfits and wardrobe and they just really captured the the feel for what a multiverse could look like the possibilities are endless and they went all over the place i mean the hot dog fingers was ridiculous <laughs> so just all sorts of stuff like that just really set this apart when i was watching the movie and it revealed that uh, jobu could change shape and her outfits, I was like, for the rest of the movie, I was like, I can't wait to see what she's wearing next. And that's kind of rare to see, to want to think that while watching a movie. Like, oh, I wonder what she's going to be in next. And it was so much fun and added, it added so much great vibrancy and creativity to the film. And really set it apart from everything else. And uh, I think the costuming, it was remarkable. It really, so funny, so creative, so fun. I, I loved it. Next up, we have... Best hair and makeup. Great nominees this year. We have Everything Everywhere All at Once, Elvis, Death on the Nile, The Northman, and Crimes of the Future. Now, these are great nominees. Crimes of the Future nominated for all of its gruesome uh, special effects work, uh, showing that core, making it look super real. Death on the Nile, great makeup on all the actors and actresses. Northman, again, lots of brutality, lots of gore. Uh, made the blood looking great. The great hair, wig. The, the wig, lots of wigs, lots of braids. Uh, looked very believable. Elvis, I mean, when you go from that cool hairstyle he had when he was young to the super tan and pulled back hair when he's older. And just the tan on Austin Butler, like in the leather outfit when he's older, I was like, okay, the tan really, really makes him look like Vegas Elvis, like big time. Uh, and then everything, everywhere, all at once, again with, with uh, Joe Boo changing her makeup. So creative, so much uh, freedom they had to just have fun with the palette on her face. Just remarkable job by everyone. Next category. Oh, we didn't say the winner. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you want to add your your two cents? I think you added it in. I, yeah, I mean, you just nailed it. Nice. Said everything that was in my mind. All right. And the winner for this category of best hair and makeup is... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Hair and makeup done by Anissa Salazar and Michelle Chunk. Congratulations on your Golden Idol, ladies. You did a remarkable job. The best hair and makeup so far this Incredible year. Incredible work. Yeah. Moving on to the next category, which is best TV show. Big one. This is intense. Great intense. nominees. Yeah. We have Stranger Things, the season four volumes one and two were incredible. Euphoria, what was it, the third season, I think, or second season? Second season. The Boys, in their third season on Amazon Prime, loved it. Peaky Blinders, sixth and final season on Netflix, just came out. The Offer on Paramount+, Plus, and obviously Peaky Blinders, BBC. And Severance, which was the best show on Apple TV. Now, these shows were all great. We are in like a great age of television right now with SVOD. Peaking right now, man. Peaking. The Peaky Blinders was awesome. Can't wait to see the movie after the sixth season. I mean, we have great genre here. We have sci-fi. We have uh, basically a historical account with the offer and everything like that. We have Euphoria, something new and original. Stranger Things is just the coolest show out there, I think. And The Boys is so much fun. Yeah. And so I think we're just living in a great age of television. A lot of great shows. And, and man, I, I think we're just spoiled right now with TV. It seems like TV, the quality is, for per from TV show to show, it might be higher than film right now. 
if you think about it. Maybe. In terms of quality overall. And it's a tough category to pick a winner for, but we did pick a winner. Mm -hmm. Jim, do you want to announce the winner? The winner of 2022's Best TV Show for the Midway Movie Awards is Stranger Things from Netflix. The Duffer Brothers have created something beyond fun and cool. It is a pop culture phenomenon. It is the first thing to capture that great adventure quality with kids since probably like the Goonies, that level. It's incredible. Harry Potter. Harry, okay, Harry Potter. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> since Harry Potter, they've captured what it's like to be on these great adventures as kids. And it's so much fun. It's so cool. This season it might is the best production, hands down. It might be the best season. They went extra horror. A love Vecna is a big bad now that we have for the Upside Down. The concept of the Upside Down is so fascinating. But, man, they this is just a terrific year. I think it really is the only show that like feels like a huge escapism like a film can feel like. Uh, even amongst all these other categories, like it feels like an event when Stranger Things is on. And if in they, it was so satisfying. It was a terrific season. Um, I was super happy with everything about it. Uh, so much fun. It was just epic and grand and just massive. And there was really nothing even close to what it's like on TV. So I think it was a no-brainer uh, to select Stranger Things. R.I.P. Eddie Munson. Bye, bud. And here's, Bye, your, buddy. here's, here's the Golden Idol, guys. <laughs> Next up, we have an interesting one. We have the best original score. The nominees this year are The Batman by Michael Giacchino, The Northman by Robin Carolan and Sebastian Gainsborough, Fantastic Beasts by James Newton Howard, and Everything Everywhere All at Once by Son Lux. What's really cool about this category and these nominees is they are all so different from one another. They all have their own unique sounds, uh, unique voices, and completely different genres as well. I think we were pretty spoiled with the, the music that's been made so far this year. And every one of these composers, super talented, Sun Lux, this was uh, their first ever movie score. I agree. And also, it was I believe it was the first score for Robin Carolan and Sebastian Gainsborough. Oh, their first one? I think it might have been. I think that we talked about that in the episode. Impressive. Could be wrong. Um, so, again, a great year. This is only the halfway point, too, in sensational music. I've been listening to the, the Batman like crazy this year, ever yeah, since it dropped. Has, yeah. Son Lux score for everything, everywhere all at once is so incredible and unique, just like the film. It's bombastic. It's, it's gentle. It's all over the place, just like that movie is. Fantastic Beasts. You know, James Newton Howard is one of the best composers out there today and still manages to make great new themes for these magical characters. And the Northman's awesome. But there can only be one winner, Anthony. There can only be one winner. And even though there is stiff competition this year, we have selected one. Michael Giacchino for The Batman wins our Golden Idol for Best Original Score. Really changed the sound scope for a superhero genre and for Batman. Brought in some incredible themes and really elicited the tone that you felt when you watched the movie. Yeah, and creating the themes for Batman, for Riddler, and for Catwoman, those really set this film apart. And, you know, it, even though he's done a bunch of Marvel movies, he did Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness as well this year, and yeah, Thor. also <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder. So the guy is just killing the comic book genre. He doesn't sleep. There's something about the Batman where it seems like he has more creativity and freedom to do what he wants versus yeah. Marvel. Marvel wants what they want, and his scores are still great, but, like, 
the Batman is so much different and more unique than his other two superhero scores that came out this year at the same time. I think he might have even maybe taken that more seriously than the others. Not that he doesn't take his music seriously, but I think, I, I think create, he might have created freedom. And, and also, he was working on it for a while too. And also, he's been making music with Matt Reeves for a very long time, a long, long time. So they have a great working relationship. Because he did Planet of the Apes movies, right? Yeah, and he also did um, the TV shows that uh, Matt Reeves helped make with J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams. So, oh, um, like yeah. Lost and J- stuff, Jacino's right? Jacino's been with J.J. and Matt Reeves since they were making TV. So they've, they've known each other for a very long Alias. time. Alias. Yeah. So, so the Batman, Michael Giacchino, is killing it right now. Congrats, Michael. Congrats. Here's your golden idol. Next up, we have Best Screenplay. And the nominees are the Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, David Cronenberg, Crimes of the Future, Robert Eggers, The Northman, and Julia Cho and Domi Shi for Turning Red, another excellent midway point in some excellent screenplays here. The Daniels, highly original film, sci-fi, multiverse story. Crimes of the Future, also incredibly original from David Cronenberg. The Northman with Robert Eggers and his incredible dialogue just really captures what it's like to what it was probably like to be back then, how people spoke. And Turning Red is just one of the greatest animate one of the best animated films this year. There you say of all time. <laughs> the greatest animated film ever made. With a great screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are all and they're all very different. They're all completely different genres. And Crimes of the Future is really cool. It's a great uh dystopian future uh, that's very different and very interesting and says a lot about what we the world we have today uh, the northman like you said is it's a traditional story but the dialogue is like they, no one writes dialogue like eggers and his partners yeah so uh, the northman was also co-written by Joan, his yeah. his writing partner yeah and he he's his brother helped him write uh, the lighthouse um, eggers his brother but he wrote the witch by himself i believe and i'm sure his brother his brother helps with like concepts yeah, and ideas i'm sure yeah yeah and and then turning red's beautiful story uh, everything everywhere all once was just really remarkable so a lot of great screenplays this year and we specifically chose uh, a, original screenplays too yeah for this category now the winner of best screenplay for this year mid-year awards is the Daniels with everything, everywhere, all at once. So unique, so original, so interesting. It's very funny. It was very emotional. I mean, it's very brave, too, to make a, a five-minute scene of two rocks, rocks talking. Yeah. So it's just it's great that A24 took a chance on this screenplay because of how different and out there it was and wholly original. And it's just a great job. Yeah, they did a, an excellent job. Congratu- congratulations, Daniels. Here's your Here's golden your idol. idols. Wonderful, wonderful script. All right, we're getting near the end of this episode, getting so we got there. some, got a couple big categories coming up to finish this out, this award show. Next up, best director. It's a big one. Our nominees this year are the Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And again, their their full names are Dan Kwan and Daniel Shiner. Yes, exactly. Joseph Kaczynski for Top Gun Maverick. Matt Reeves for The Batman. Robert Eggers for The Northman. David Cronenberg for Crimes of the Future, Boz Lerman for Elvis, and Audrey Dewan for Happening. We uh we got a little we went a little overboard with the nominees. We were like they're so good. We got to throw seven in. Why not? <laughs> Screw it. It's our show. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> Amazing directing this year. We already have a lot of fantastic films. Great artists working behind the scenes, uh, overseeing these projects. And I think we were just 
already in a boom um, for the last few years. This has been a great year so far for filmmaking. It, it was tough to pick. It I mean, is tough. Yeah. Between The Northman, The Batman, Top Gun, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Elvis happening. I mean, so many great, great big budget films, mid budget films, and also international films. I mean, I love Top Gun Maverick so much. It was so hard not to give Top Gun Maverick this award. But, you know, there can only be one winner. There can only be one. Or in this case, two winners. A shared award. Again, the best director award goes to the Daniels for everything, everywhere, all at once. Just spectacular what they did with their budget, with their idea, with their concepts, the action sequences, the choreography, the the dialogue, the directing. the, the Everything about this movie was sensational. Mm-hmm. Production was incredible, and they really just... Wow, blew everyone away. Yeah, an unbelievable vision. And like you said, the budget they were working with, it's really impressive what they pulled off. And to make so many people like inspired when they after they watch this movie, this has become a favorite film for a lot of people this year. We think that the Daniels deserve this award very much. So congratulations, guys. Another golden idol Here's to your add idol. to the collection. Here's your idol. Their shelf is getting full. Skin, skin stacked. All right, it is time for the final award of the 2022 Mid-Year Movie Awards. I'm nervous. Best Picture. The nominees are Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Top Gun, Maverick, The Batman, (laughs) Crimes of the Future, Marcel, The Shell with Shoes On, and The Northman. What a list. It's what a list. A list. Yeah, and we're only good. halfway through. A little bit of everything in there. And it was so hard to pick a winner for this. But actually, at the same time, it wasn't. <laughs> I love all these movies. And it's such an eclectic list if you look at it. We got every genre you can think of. And, you know, we think that superhero films, when they're really great, they definitely deserve to be nominated amongst, like, the um, critically acclaimed independent films that generally get nominations. So... We, we think the Batman should get a nomination for Oscars this year as well for Best Picture. Marcel was just such a great, heartwarming family film that tackled great themes like grief and loneliness in a really beautiful way for kids and parents to enjoy together. Also hysterical. The Northman, there's nothing like it out there this year. Eggers just crafted an excellent, excellent epic. Everything, everywhere, all at once, like we've been saying. Wonderful film, Top Gun. Man, it, it, I just felt like I was transported into a fighter jet, and I was—it was like a, an amazing, amazing experience in the theater. So, uh, great films this year so far. But there's only one winner. The winner of Best Picture of the 2022 Mid-Year Movie Awards is. gonna pick this come on no competition yeah it's a front runner hands down this movie is insanely good insanely good such a great film one of the best sequels i've ever seen in my life tom cruise mcquarrie joseph kaczynski what a filmmaking team and they just nailed this movie it's everything i wanted and more is blown away and also it's okay for an action movie to win Best Picture. Let's go! It never happens, Why not? ever. Why not? And this was just a perfect movie from start to finish. It was perfect. It was just remarkable. Uh, everything about it, I loved. I was smiling the whole time. It was just flat out great escapism. And it wasn't just escapist fun. There's a lot of heart to it. 
There's a lot of great tragic moments, and there's some incredible surprises, especially in the third act. I think the third act of this movie is one of the best third acts I've ever seen. I was just like, for the last 30 minutes of this movie, oh, there you go. <laughs> I dropped someone. For the last 30 minutes of this movie, I was at the edge of my seat, so transfixed on the screen. It was an incredible experience. I think that just because it's a movie about fighter pilots and blowing stuff up doesn't mean it doesn't reserve <laughs> it doesn't deserve the same recognition as other great films. And so we give this award best picture to Top Gun Maverick. We think it deserves it. Best movie theater experience I've had since I can't remember. Maybe like Interstellar or something like that. Whoa! Like it's it's been years since I've felt feelings like that in a movie and had that since you much felt fun. the need. Felt the need. The need for speed. speed. They didn't even say it. Didn't I, say I, it. I, it was just incredible. I mean, we did an entire episode on it, and you all know it was great. Everyone loved this movie. I haven't met a single person or seen a single thing online of someone not liking this film. Yeah. It was perfect. Perfect movie. Tom effing Cruz <laughs> wins best picture this year for us. Fall <laughs> <laughs> out the sign. There's, uh, there's oh, yeah. the sign. Yeah, we got the giant poster right here if you're watching. <laughs> I keep it next to me, close by at all times. He sleeps with it next to his, but he takes it everywhere with Maybe. him. Maybe. I wish I could. It's just so big. Look at it. Look, it's huge. That's what she said. This is the winner of 2022 Mid-Year you Movie did Awards. You did it, Top Gun. Congratulations, it. Tom. Who would have thunk Top Gun would win Best Picture? <laughs> Before it was released, not me. I knew it was going to be fun, but man, what a surprise. I'm so happy. It was so 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 loved in the, for the only movie this year to top a bill. Yeah. So we hope you all enjoyed our awards, mid-season awards. Let us know what some of your favorite movies are, what you think should have won Best Picture, and we're glad you tuned into this episode. It was a lot of fun. We have another great half of the year to get to. Can't wait to watch all these movies coming out. Take care. Goodbye, y'all. This episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons, Luke Exelston, Tyler McFly, Darren Singleton, John A. Graz, Cody Moen, Calvin Cam, and Lauren Smertz. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.